there was a study that the average person will spend almost 85% of all the quality time they ever have with their children by the end of the 18th summer. Now think about that for a minute. And it makes total sense because as they're growing up and they at 18, they leave the house, they go to college, their own life, the military, whatever it is. So that diminishes your chance for quality time. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. Jim Shields, how are you, my friend? Good. Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on today. We're going to take you guys on a roller coaster. You're going to hear some statements that are going to hit you between the eyeballs and right in the chest and the heart. And we're going to give you guys some emotions, some tactics, and it's going to be an overall fantastic episode. But before we get into the topic of today's show, introduce yourself and what you do professionally right now. Thanks, Brian. My name is Jim Shields. Like a lot of us out there, I've been a real estate investor for 24 years and also own a family education company called 18 Summers, which does talks, workshops, retreats, and got its start from a book my wife and I wrote called The Family Board Meeting. Uh, just went to number one on Wall Street Journal with its re-release two weeks ago, which we're pretty excited about. Dude, that's amazing. Congratulations. Well-deserved. We're excited about it. So Well-deserved. As we're getting into the topic of today's show, before we talk to the audience, I'll talk to you first, Jim, and I'll tell you why I'm interviewing you today. Sure. I do not have kids. I don't have a family yet. I'm 28 years old, single. I just got out of a long relationship a while back last year. And I thought that I had everything figured out to where I was like, okay, obviously we're going to ride off into the sunset, have start the family and everything. So there was a lot of thoughts in my head about becoming a dad. When I was growing up, uh, my dad wasn't around. So yeah. I grew up in a like single mo- mother household. And yeah. so I still don't talk to my dad to these days. And as I was growing up, life happens for us, not to us. I really believe that. And that struggle and that trauma like shaped me into the entrepreneur, into the man that I am today. And I'm just thinking back to my father and his father's father and his father's father and how awful they must have been. And I probably got the good end of the stick, right? So now I'm on a mission when I do have my children to stop it there. Yeah. And so I'm on this grand mission. Every The reason I do everything, and I feel like I don't talk about it on the show enough, reason I do get pursue financial freedom, help other people pursue financial freedom is not only for me to be present with my future kids, but for everyone that's listening to this show to be more present with their kids, because I didn't have that. And I know what that feels like. So that's why I'm interviewing you today, man. I know normally it's probably entrepreneurs that have big families. They're like, help me, save me. So I'm being preemptive here. (laughs) Well, You know what? But this is half the battle. The fact that you're just showing awareness on it, it's the people that I always said, oh, I don't know. I'm... There was always the guys that would say, oh, I'm fine. I can have a few drinks and that. And there were guys that were like, no, nah, I don't know. And they would be self-checking themselves, normally kept themselves in check, if that makes sense. So a lot of people, if you're going into it, I think with the right way with this intention. And the one thing I know about entrepreneurs is we're pretty stubborn. So what? we, yeah, who said that? Oh, I'm not, right? When you set that intention, you're, you're, 
polarizing something that was painful for you to do something better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of who we are, the spirit of entrepreneurship, the entrepreneur. And so I think it's great that you're turning uh, something that was difficult into something better. And, and that's what I see a lot. But you have to have the intention. You have to have the awareness. You have to have the desire to do that because there's a lot of bad advice out there. And obviously, even though you're a young guy, you're 20 years younger than me, you're smarter to have this awareness where there was a really bad code out there, especially when I was I got into this game 24 years ago. It was sacrifice at all costs. Yep. Put your head down for the next five to 10 years. Your family will understand. That is horrible advice. That is the biggest bullshit I've ever really been told. I can't believe that was actually popular out there. Yep. And so even if we're starting to do well, or you're starting to do well, and if you bought into that and you're not going, like you said, you trade the job for 40 hours for 90 hours. If you're not working 90 hours, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, you want to stop that right away. I never applaud people for the perfect attendance award. I don't applaud them for saying I put in this amount of hours. That's not, we went into this. You have to set better rhythms and be willing to be different and unapologetic about it. I spend an obnoxious amount of time with my family and I'm well known for that. And at first that might've seemed like I was being disrespectful to business, but the results are there. So I know I get more done in 35 hours than most people get done in 70 hours. But a big thing for me, Brian, was I don't want to wait out the clock. I want to be with my family. I want to be taking more adventures, spending more time, because as the name of our company is 18 Summers. And you'll see someday as you're with that two-year-old of yours and you go, man, 18 minus two, I only have 16 summers left before they become an adult. Elaborate on that. Let's sit on that. There was a study that the average person will spend almost 85% of all the quality time they ever have with their children by the end of the 18th summer. Now think about that for a minute. And it makes total sense because as they're growing up and they at 18, they leave the house, they go to college, their own life, the military, whatever it is. So that diminishes your chance for quality time. So the, that's for the average person. So I always said, if you can do the first 18, first of all, they'll come back for more and you'll never have regrets. This was something a mentor of mine taught me. And when you have that math equation in your head, I know our mutual friend, Aaron Amistegi, he, he said, well, I heard you first say that the math went off in my head and it's changed the timing. It's something that we all have to look for because we're, building businesses is tough. Real estate investing, if you're really going to go all in, anyone's honest with you, there is sacrifice. There are hard times. There are setbacks. But how do you make sure you're depositing along the way instead of taking that Horrible advice of put your head down for 10 years, your family will understand that's just not true. And it, man, that's a disastrous recipe. How many people do we know? Like, I can list over a hundred. How many people do we know that say, I'm doing this for my family as almost an excuse to avoid spending time with their family that they're doing it for? Yeah, nine, 99%. I was one of them. And there's something even one layer lower, Brian, guys like us that went through definitely tough times when we were younger, whether we realize it or not, sometimes it's easier to be good at entrepreneurship than it is to be a good husband and father. It, mm. it is true. And so we hide ourselves at work either because we're afraid to fail at home or we think if we step away, we're not going to provide. So we will fail at home. And neither one of them is going to get you where you want to go. 
So we have to stop that entrepreneurial lie of we're doing it for our family and we'll get back to them in five to 10 years and they'll understand because they won't. That someday never comes and they never understand. And again, you know, I've worked with thousands of families now over the last decade. And this one thing, yeah, but I was doing it for them. But if you ask them, is that what they want? Want. There's been some really touching stories come out of our book. I remember one was a guy who had two twin daughters on a very large company, went through a bad divorce, almost lost everything. And this is by the time they were in their teens. And his two daughters said to them separately, they were twins and unscripted separately. When he started spending time one-on-one with them, they said, we didn't really care about the big business or all the things that came with it. We just wanted time with you. And that really makes you think and reprioritize. What is it you really want? What is it your family wants? The famous story, I don't know if you've ever seen me talk about this with Steve Jobs on his deathbed. You know, Walter Isaacson, his biographer, is doing final interviews on his last days. And he said to Steve Jobs, because Steve was using these final interviews to explain to his family why it wasn't there for them. Here it is, this guy that supposedly had everything. He told this story of trying to explain and the guy stopped him, the biographer, and said, are you glad you had a family? Are you glad you had children? And this is a few days before he died. He stopped and said, man, it's 10,000 times better than anything I've ever done. And that story has haunted me, Brian, when I first heard it of going, man, that could be me. At the time that I read that, if the rug of health had been pulled out from me, when six months later I was in that position, I would have had that same thing. When everyone says, oh, yeah, Steve Jobs was a jerk. I said, yeah, but we all get extreme clarity at the end of our life. Maybe he just left us an important clue. I love that, man. There's a quote that I read recently that says something to the tune of the only people that are going to remember how hard you worked additionally, like the long hours that you worked, how much more that you put in are going to be your kids because you didn't spend that time with them. So fast forward the clock, we're bragging about the 100 hour weeks, the 80 hour weeks. Only people that are going to remember this 20 years from now are going to be your kids because you weren't with them. And so I love that, man. So this is a great conversation. This is a conversation that needs to be had more. If there are any podcasters that are listening to this right now, I'd invite you to bring Jim on your show as well to spread the message, spread the good word, because we're really fortunate to be entrepreneurs in this time, in this season right now. And we're saying this in early 2023, as we're on the brink of the defaulting on the national debt, we've got depression all over the place. The news is doom and gloom. I'm over here saying, man, like what a cool time for us to be as entrepreneurs in general, where we're able to do this with a kind of a whole life richness mentality. I love that. And the guys that I'm around like Aaron and all the GoBundance guys, it's just, we care so much about having our health, having our relationships, having hobbies and fun alongside business that that this wasn't talked about if you would have started a decade ago, like you yeah, said. Rarely talked about. It was at all costs. That was the theme, at all costs. I think that's terrible advice. Yeah. So we've discussed the problem. Let's discuss the solution. So you and your wife, Jamie, create this book and you create this organization, 18 Summers, which that 18 Summers quote, guys, just to reemphasize that, I use that before. And we've got the Action Academy community, which is our mastermind group behind the podcast. And there is a surprising amount of women, of mothers, early stage mothers that have joined that group, one of them of which was pregnant with her second child. And she said, I'm about to go back from maternity leave. 
<laughs> she's like, I'm going to be back from maternity leave in three weeks to my consulting job. I'm going to pay somebody else to raise my effing child. She's like, so the time is now. So we've identified the problem. What's the solution that we've created? Yeah, you have to be intentional with your quality time with your family. And that's something our book is about, just setting up a simple rhythm of consistent quality time with the family. Because there's a difference between passing time, which is not being on the phone, listening to the radio, and your child or your spouse is next to you and you're half paying attention to them. It has to be more focused, more intentional. And the power of quality time or consistent deposits of quality time, it's a game changer. It's a marriage saver. It's the difference between being a stranger in your own home or someone your kids go to for advice instead of their friends or the internet. So our book is just about setting a simple rhythm of spending time with our children and our spouse. And I give some guiding principles that are so simple to understand, but so overlooked Most people go, gosh, why wasn't I thinking of that? Man, that makes so much sense. So that's what the book is about. It's a simple framework that gives you a way where, look, we're given so much information, Brian, how to be successful in business, but not how to be successful at home. So we Mm -hmm. wanted to help fill that gap with just a little bit of guidance, some guardrails on how to do that. And that's what the book's about. Perfect. Let's talk about, let's go over some of these guiding principles and then getting to the structure of the family board meeting itself. Yeah. So... In general premise, my children and my wife are my most important investors. They're my most important clients. They're my most important key team members. I'm an entrepreneur. I might as well think like one. And when I see them in that light, that's how I view my family. They are, they are the top. And for me, there has to be some guiding principles for how to get the most effective connection on quality time. So the first guiding principle is something that hopefully you'll learn someday and experience. And that is the one-to-one principle. Brian, if everyone turns off after this, I don't want them to, but they'll get a big, important thing of what they need. And that is, if you want to have a really strong family life, you got to separate the parts of strength in the whole. When you separate the parts and strengthen the whole, it's a game changer. I joke on stage, I came from, I was raised in an Irish Catholic family, which means I have 5,000 cousins, which is great. But it's one-on-one time that usually gets you below the surface. It takes away distraction. It puts the magnifying glass on that one relationship in a positive way. That's where the breakthroughs happen. That's where the more difficult or deeper conversations happen. But when you look at it, one-on-one time with each of your children or your spouse rarely happens. And this is even with some really affluent groups out there or well-intentioned groups. Sometimes Jamie and I will go in. And I'll say, when's the, I'll be able to say to them, Brian, when's the last time you met with your CFO? Oh, I meet with my CFO every Thursday, three to five, every Thursday, three to five. (laughs) When do you, when, what day and time do you meet with your spouse for a date every week? And it goes crickets. Oh, well, with the kids and I've been hard charging and going to this group and that. And I'm like, okay, when's your last date? Seven, eight months ago. And it's just a stab to the heart. And I'm going, man, you're missing one of these key principles, one-to-one with your spouse, one-to-one with your children. And so the one-to-one principle is something that's changed the relationship I have with each of my children. It's something that takes away, again, you're younger than me, but if you remember the old Brady Bunch rerun, mm-hmm. Jan Brady, Martian, no, no, no one wants to have that. And one, one, the one-to-one principle is a, it's a cheat. It is an unfair advantage. And the best of people don't realize it, but once they start using it, they see huge results. 
What frequency do you recommend? Is this a once a month cadence where you're meeting with each of your children? Is it a weekly cadence with your wife? What so, frequency are we so looking with at? My wife for date night, we meet every week. So right now we're filming this four to five today, Brian. But this is this remember when you booked it, it was my last appointment because every Wednesday, 5 30 to 8 30 is date night. It's same bat time, same bat channel every week. And that way I can't screw it up because I'm AD. And if I'm trying to reschedule it every week, oh, maybe Tuesday or maybe this Saturday, first of all, things happen. Secondly, when you have kids, you can't get the sitter. So we make it the same day, same time every week. And, and that way I can't mess it up. That way I don't schedule over it. With my children, I spend a half a day to a day every quarter with them. And this is focused, just them. I'll go over some of the other principles that are guided by it, but I do a half a day to a day every quarter. People go, that's it? And I'm like, well, we spend time obviously in between those. We have five children. So to take a day every quarter, I never had that with my father. So it's, it, the, and there's a lot of power to that quarterly schedule, that rhythm, because it gives you anticipation for the next one for the child and they reflect on the last one. So every quarter I'm spending a day with each one of my children. Nice. So yeah, I would like to go into the structure of what do these conversations look like? Because a lot of us, and I know a lot of people are with their family, but they're not really with their family. So we're talking about quantity and quality, most importantly. Yeah. So, let's- so you have a structure that you follow when you're doing these, when you're doing these dad and daughter days, dad and son days, you have a very important structure. And a lot of heartache. In, in yep. So it's, well, as you said, there's other, the other principle will, will tie in the structure. So you said they're there, but they're not really there. You know how many times I've heard that? Like, I can't even count that high. They're there, but they're not there. One-to-one principle is a huge starting point. The second thing that really kicks in the focus, the magnifying glass, the intentionality, the results is intermittent tech fasting. That's our second principle. That hmm. is the structure. So you've heard of, you're a fit guy. You've heard of intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are doing it. Weight maintenance, muscle rejuvenation, organ revitalization, all sorts of anti-aging properties. You're not giving up eating, but you're only with deliberate focus, deciding to eat between this time and this time, right? Sure. Same thing with intermittent tech fasting. You got to disconnect to reconnect. There has to be times of complete and total unavailability for the person right in front of you, for your spouse, for your son, for your daughter. Because if not, as you just said, you're there, but you're not really there. So I remember one time I always tell this story. I'll give the perfect example, which a lot of us will. My daughter, she's eight now. She was five. Well, Every day I turn off my phone, not only for my date with my wife and my quarterly day I spend with her, but every day at the end of the day, for at least an hour or two, I turn off my phone. Got home, broke my own rule, Brian. My daughter's, usually I leave it right in the car, so it's not even with me. She goes, Daddy, let's get on the trampoline. We love our trampoline time. Get on the trampoline. Well, what happens, Brian? In my pocket, that Oh, shit. Now, before I even answer it, I've already gone in four different scenario directions, right? Yep. Yep. Pull it out, and someone screwed up a closing. It was it, it was the end. Now it's five thirty. Title company's closed. It just found out. Simple little thing that should have been in. This closing got delayed. It was pretty important date. Ah. So there I am on the trampoline, going into fix it mode. I'm swearing under my breath. 
And I stopped like for a second and my daughter's looking at me really sad. And I remember the look and she just stops and I come to, and she goes, Oh, daddy, why are you so mad at me? And so I, you don't realize we think we're better at multitasking than we really are that we can be in two places at once. We give that half fake answer or we're working on something in front of our kids. So I, here I am showing this business emotion and my daughter thinks it's being directed right towards her. And it turned a knife in my side. And it's a reminder of I'm not that good. None of us are. And we get pulled into these things or we're supposed to be there with this person who, again, is our most important person, but we're going to take a text or a phone call or an email or a useless Facebook thread we should probably never read anyway. That's why we have to take away all distraction. One-on-one is a good setter. And then when you go into this, some people say it's, I remember, you remember that scene in the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire? Mm-hmm. Where the boy comes up to punch him, he just throws that punch and he's so mm-hmm. tuned. It's like he's watching it and he just sees it go by. That's what it's like for the first time when some people turn off their phone for four hours or three or four hours to spend a date with their husband or wife or to be on this half day with their child. They're just so used to being connected and always being gotten to because it's almost it's a dopamine reward. We get business done but you never get below the surface because it's always blocking the communication. So when you and or your son or daughter or wife don't have any electronic distractions, which I love. We couldn't do this interview, but there's time and place for them. But when you take them away, that's when real communication can happen. That's when the guard comes down. That's when you can get to a deeper level. And it so rarely happens, Brian, because we're just, we're not shutting off. It's that badge of honor. I'm always available. Don't brag to me about that. That's not a good thing. It's funny because even from the business end of that equation from that business end of the pendulum there. When I... So I'm in the process of writing a book right now myself. And there's an entire chapter where I'm talking about how we need to give ourselves some grace for being terrible. Like we're really shitty at time management as entrepreneurs. Because when you think about it, let's look back on our entire upbringing. Since we were in kindergarten, through the schooling system, through going into a corporate job, We've been trained to work on somebody else's calendar for the entirety of our entire lives until it's us. And then we're expected and we're angry at ourselves when we can't control our own time. And we don't know how because it's a new muscle that you need to build. It took me an entire year after I left my job in March of 2022 to build that muscle. And it's funny because you said that. And with my business, I used to have my calendar wide open because if somebody was wanting to take an intro call to possibly join my business, be a customer, be a member of the Action Academy. I'm like, I want to be available. I want to show that. But then a coach of mine said, dude, people don't value that. If you're somebody that's always available, there's no value to that. And that applies in life over and over again. So I reduced my availability to one fourth of the original availability. And now I'm always booked full. So it's funny how scarcity from a business perspective. So you may, somebody may be listening to this right now and say, no, I have to have my calendar open. Guarantee you, set your parameters, watch what happens, and people will start to respect you once they understand how to communicate with you. They won't be calling you in the middle of the night because they they know that you're not going to answer. Yeah. So they'll call you when your time is. And then watch how your life changes. I don't take calls, (laughs) Jim. I don't take calls before 1 p.m. Central. No calls. Yeah. So the morning from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. is the gym and creative work. So that's going to be everything I do with my podcast vision planning for the company, high level stuff and writing the book. And then in the afternoon is when I do my calls. And so 
dude, if people just realize that, then they'd be able to eat more easily implement this with their families. Well, and the biggest fear is for some people when they're like, hold on, I'm going to get together with my son or daughter every quarter for a half day to a day. Yeah, that's right. And I got to turn off my phone is on a weekend. No, not necessarily. I like to do them during the week, actually. What about this? What about that? It, It is awesome to watch how many people I'm like, I promise you the world's not going to blow up in four hours. Like they're waiting to get this back on. And you know what? Not only does the world not blow up, Brian, what happens, a lot of people happen, or it's happened to me tons of times too. Something that I would have gotten myself into has already worked out. Surprise. I mean, for some, when you start to build your businesses, I make myself available and unavailable. And sometimes in this unavailability time, if something came up, it got worked out while I was actually in my important relationships. And I don't think that's irresponsible. I think that's effective. So this is one of the most important things where so many people say, oh, I want, I want my children to talk to me on a deeper level. Well, if we're always like grabbing the phone and going, oh, oh yeah, I, you, you. and then, okay, what were you saying? That's, that, that keeps the guard up pretty strong. When you're completely available, then that's when the guard comes down. And you never are if you're always taking a text. You're always taking this one last email. You're always saying, let me just take this last call one second. I love you. Yeah, one sec. Doesn't play out well. Exactly. So for the sake of time, let's go ahead and jump into how we handle this as a family dynamic with our board meetings as a group. So how do we handle when we're sitting down with the family and we're going over everything, going over our vision, going over our plan? What does this process look like for somebody that's listening that's unfamiliar? Well, the family board meeting, we do. We have three main rhythms that we talk about. Date night with my wife. Uh, the family board meeting is actually a play on words where it's just an individual meeting with each of our children. So the day I spend with my one of my sons or one of my daughters, just one-on-one. Our family meeting is a meeting a week where the, we all get together and we talk about highlights of the week, low points of the week, what's ahead for next week. That's it. So the more simple, Brian, we can keep these rhythms is absolutely key. We complicate, we make all these big plans and strategies but this actually sticks. I know people now, including myself, that have been following our family board meeting strategy for 12 years. And they've mm-hmm. watched their kids grow up through it. And they've been able to depend on it because it wasn't too complicated. It was effective. It was something they could lean on. And it creates that space. So the final step of our family board meeting with my children or my spouse, when I spend this individual one-on-one time with them, is I let them plan the day. We're pushy entrepreneurs. We always think we know best, right? And so if you... Say to your son, oh, let's go to the football game. You bring him to a, a UT football game, which is awesome. But what if he doesn't like football? And then you're punching yourself in the arm and saying, oh, I'm so glad that we bonded. Let them choose the day. We want to know about our kids' talents and passions and interests. You let them build the day, that's all gets unveiled to you. So I let them build the day. Whatever you want to do, I'm going all in. I've had probably more princess parties with my daughter. I should tell you about, Brian. But... <laughs> what she wants to do. And there's a very interesting thing that happens. You go all in on something they want to do. You show the currency of fun and attention, and then probably a meal. What happens at that point, that's when the conversation starts to flow at the end. It's not a lecture time. This is not a time to give your next 50 lectures of how they should improve their life. It's a listening time and a chance to say a couple of important words. Normally those two important words or sayings come through either a sincere apology or a genuine compliment. As entrepreneurs, 
we are, we have conversations in our head that don't actually happen. We swore we've said that to our spouse, or we've swore we said that to one of our children, or we're so damn busy. You know how hard I've worked and I've kept the company going through the pandemic. I have immunity, right? You can steamroll, you can be short, you can miss a promise, you can do that, but I'm providing, I have immunity. Brian, immunity is a dangerous thing because it can work for a time, but sooner or later, that immunity bullshit catches up with you. And that's when all of a sudden you've lost contact, you've lost connection with your family. A sincere apology, my man, oh, it, I used to be really bad at apologies, too proud, too stubborn. I don't call it what you want, but the more I've been able to give those sincere apologies or genuine compliments, especially with sincere apology, a 10 minute issue can remain a 10 minute issue instead of a five day debacle. And we all know what that's like in relationships. So is that is the peanut butter and jelly. That's how I've become known as the family guy. I said, I need to set some simple rhythms I can keep practicing. And the principles can cross over, whether I'm having a family board meeting with each of my children, a date night with my wife. If I'm one-on-one with them, I'm intermittent tech fasting. I'm letting them plan the day and I go in with full attention, prepared for some real conversation at the end of it where I can give that compliment that I've been holding back or give that apology that I should have given. Sounds too simple, Brian, but these are the recharge in my relationship every week with my wife, every quarter with my children, and you build upon it. Simple scales, fancy fails, man. That's it. I love it. Do you do any type of vision casting with your family? Do you do any type of family vision? Because we speak about vivid vision a lot. We speak about creating visions with spouses a lot. Do you do this with your family? Absolutely. So I did a a couple of things that we did together is we did a value sheet. Mm. Drew it up. We've kept it for years now. We'll probably update it this summer because my youngers, we have quite a span. We go from age one and a half to 20. So we have quite a span of five children. But with our youngest, our oldest, we did draw up kind of our family values. And it's just nicely done drawing that we all did together on a surfboard with ocean waves around it just for our theme of family. And we have about seven core values on there. And those seven core values for the last decade have been our spaghetti strainer. So when we're making a big decision, like we now live in Costa Rica, three to four months out of the year, that was a big goal of ours. We loved the adventure. We liked the outdoors. We liked ocean activities. We liked sobriety. These are all some of the ones that were on it. And this lifestyle in Costa Rica lent to that. So when I say the spaghetti strainer, you know, when you're making pasta and you you, you dump it all through and you have your strainer, right? All the bad mm-hmm. stuff runs out and the good stuff remains when you go use the strainer. So that's what we do for our values things. Then we also do a lot of vision boards. So we do family retreats. That's what that's how I first met Aaron. I was teaching a retreat on this. So we do vision boards as a family and for our each individuals. And I can tell you it's helped form the business I have now today. My two oldest sons have their own businesses now. That came out of that. So we do, I call it, imagine if there were no limits. So imagine if you could go really deep into the things you want to do, all the things that you want to be involved with, all the people you want to be around in 10, 20, 30 years. Do it in pictures. I love that. Yeah, that's sensational. Yeah. So I've had, I've ran people through this exercise myself as well to where an exercise that we've done in our community is I'll say, Hey, you create a vision, tell your spouse to create a vision. Now 
let's combine the two and see what the similarities and differences are. And normally it's a funny, whoa, (laughs) what is going on here? (laughs) And then, because there's a disconnect, because like you said, we have these questions that we're asking in our head. We have these statements that we make in our head all the time, but we don't actually verbalize them, right? Over and over again. So what prompted the question is, I give this analogy a lot on the podcast and I wrote a newsletter on it recently where I said that we have so much focus on the vehicle recently that all these podcasts, all these YouTube videos are like, I call it a giant entrepreneurial car dealership. You go to this car dealership and you pick out which vehicle you want to drive. Do you want to drive the big, slower moving minivan that's a little bit safer and maybe some multifamily? Do you do the, the sleek Airbnb? It's printing out a lot of cash flow that's faster. And we spend all of our energy and effort picking the vehicle. And then we just start driving down this endless highway that has no end. And we have no idea where we're heading. And then exactly. one day, one day we look up and we're still pressing the gas, mashing to the pedal to the floor. And the car's redlining, the smoke's coming up from the engine. You look over, your wife and kids aren't there with you. They've been gone at the rest stop way before. And you yep. didn't even realize it because you're just driving down this highway and you never figured out where you were going. So that's why I love vision because it's defining the destination. And then you realize that the vehicle has never really mattered at all. Exactly. I got one for you that I think is going to be helpful. especially Smack it, man. Drop it from the top rope. So many years ago, Bakersfield, California, that's where my real estate investments used to be was put on, a, I, I can't remember who set me up to go out with some girl on a lunch date, okay? And I went out on the lunch date, nothing wrong with it, great, great person, just there was n- nothing there. My my word used to be, how was the date? I just, it, it, nothing really hit me. Yeah. And I went on this date, lunch date, and went home, and I was like, gosh, what the hell? I Like you, I was very clear. I was like, I don't want to be a, a forever bachelor. It just doesn't apply to me. It's just not what I see for myself. I like the idea of having a family and having an adventure with them and growing with them and have this best friend and partner. I thought it was supposed to be easier when you like figured so when you like did the work, I thought things were supposed to be easier, but they're actually harder. <laughs> yeah, you get more clear on, on, on not settling. And so yeah. that day I went home, Brian, and I pulled out a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and I wrote the one and I wrote all of these qualities. And you got to understand this was not, there was not a lot of ego in this. There was like intuitive pull. Uh, what is this person that I, I could see myself with that that I'm not holding back on what I'm asking for? So what they looked like, what they're involved with, they were good with children, had a talent for something either in medicine or learning, and they liked adventure. They could dress up one night and go camping the next like that. I just wrote out big brown eyes, gorgeous smile, just this, the one of who I self made myself with. And I kept it in my journal. Nine years later, Nine years later. Don't tell me that, Jim. What the hell? Right. Say nine months. I was <laughs> nine <yeah>. weeks. <laughs> I might have been a little bit. I had more work to do than most, I think. <laughs> nine years later, nine years later, and it was worth the wait. I handed that letter to my wife and my soon to be wife and said, Hey, I wrote this letter to you nine years ago. And she said, Nine years ago, we only started dating over a year ago. I said, I know but read it. And so when she opened it up, it's her to a T. When we got married on the beach in Costa Rica, our officiant read this thing to say this. So this story has become a big part of it. And I had a few friends in with good intention when I first did this and I shared it with a few people, but the a couple that I shared it with said, what are you doing? You can't build her in the garage. Oh, with yeah. <laughs> it's not what it's supposed to be like. I got exactly what I asked for. Exactly. It takes some time. 
Yeah. Was it worth it? Yeah. Many years in now, like, absolutely. So I think you can get things quicker than me, but the fact that I knew there was no question. People like, oh, you're going to get nervous when well, I knew because I got very intentional and I just, I wrote this. And once I wrote that too, Brian, that was migrating from California to Florida and then finding my wife here. Like it, it was, I got clear on who I wanted to be with. And by calling that, it was clear the person that I had just said I wanted to be with, well, they're not going to really look for a slacker an addict, uh, a person of ill intent, a person lacking integrity. So I had to become that person for that. But I am a big believer, as you said, for you and any younger people, don't be afraid to get really clear. This is what I'm looking for and be unapologetic and don't listen to anyone who tells you to settle because I got exactly what I wanted, exactly what I wanted, which was, it's, I'm still awestruck by it. But I think that the fact that one day I just got definite it was super important. It's funny because my coach smacks me over the head with that. Because with me, it's I've made things happen over and over again, where I've put it down on paper and then just quit my job, travel around the world, live in Greece for a month, live. And now like now this is the one year anniversary of the actual travel. So I'm going to go back to Europe for a month in July here in a couple of weeks. Cool. And like I can do that. And I wrote it all out, man. And I wrote it in my corporate cubicle. And every single bit of it come, came true. I just posted my vision from 2020 for my 2023 vision. And this is my first time reading it in years. And I looked back and I hit every single thing that I put on that vision. And it's so cool. And I'm like, well, what the hell, man? I was like, let me do this too. And then his, his joke to me was, he's like, brother, you can't KPI your way to love. You can't KPI your way to love, man. If I go on this many dates per week, Chris, if I go on this many dates per week, I'm a finder. He's bro, it doesn't work like that. So no, I'll do the practice. I'll do the exercise, man. I love that. Why not? This is the fun of whiteboarding. I whiteboarded that day and I was just like, who do I see myself with? And I let myself let go and dream. And it wasn't anything obnoxious. And it suits me. I'm yeah. really happy. And I think that's where people are afraid to ask for what they really want in a relationship. And isn't that starting point where it's, I've always said to my wife in entrepreneurship, it doesn't matter how well you've done, there can be ups and downs and unknowns. And I always say, even when we go through those things, I'm never like, gosh, I wish I, I don't feel like I'm with the right person or I feel trapped in my family life. Or, and I hear that from a lot of people. And I think the yeah. starting is they never got really clear and honored themselves and the person they're going to be with to figure out what do I really want? And it's okay to whiteboard that because I think there's some sort of energetic shift. There's things that we can't completely understand that start to get put into motion. At least it did for me. So everyone listening today, homework, go and write out if you're single, go write out who your perfect partner looks like. Go write out what your perfect family dynamic looks like. What do you want your family to look like? If you have a family right now, what do you want that to look like? Let's start executing. Let's start implementing. Create your family vision together. Jim, where can people find out more about the book? Where can people buy it? And where can people find out more about 18 Summers and y'all's organization? Yeah, you can go to 18summers.com. That's one of the ways to get our book or it's on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles as well. That's the family board meeting. You've got 18 Summers to connect with your children. 18 Summers is a lot of information on our talks, workshops, and retreats. And as we also have a podcast called the 18 Summers Family Podcast. So if you want to get in, we have some pretty good conversations around family and entrepreneurship on that. Beautiful. Jim, thank you for coming on, brother. No, great being here. Thanks, Brian. With that, this has been Jim Shields and Brian with the Action Academy Podcast. Signing off.
Hey, real quick. If you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it. So I need your help specifically. My two-year vision with this show is to help over 1 million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want. And I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.